Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Spartan Spotlight Podcast. I'm Justin Thind. I'm here with my co-host, Corey Robinson. We work for SpartanMag.com. Today we're joined by fan favorite MSU commit, offensive lineman Kevin Wigginton from New Jersey. Kevin, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. So I guess right away we're going to touch on uh, the things that you've answered a lot of times, but it's the thing that everybody wants to know since you're a commit. What was the thing that made you choose Michigan State? What, how would you describe your thoughts on the program and the staff? Yeah, so going back ever since I was a little kid, I've always seen Michigan State on uh, playing on ESPN and kind of those glory days, those uh, you know, 2011, 2013, 2015 teams. Um, you know, they were, they were really good. And uh, I always knew Coach Tucker when he was in the NFL and then when he was at Colorado. And I, I've talked with a lot of people that have been recruited by him and you know, everyone spoke really highly of them, and that was that went that went the same for Coach Cap. So, um, you know, once they started recruiting me, it was kind of different than any other school. Uh, you know, they were hitting me up every day. It was a different coach. Um, you know, most other schools you're kind of just hit up by the O line coach, and that was that'd be it. But uh, you know, I talked to Coach Piegler, Coach Harris, Coach Tuck, um, and then really Coach Tuck. The big thing with him was he was a uh, he took an hour like out of his day and just sat and talked with me and my parents about, you know, him and the whole program and his vision. So um, that, that was big for us, you know, just seeing a coach take that time. And, uh, you know, he really showed how, how much they wanted me at Michigan State. Uh, so I guess that, I know we talked, you touched on uh, Tucker a little bit. So how about Coach Cap? What's, what's he like, uh, his personality and kind of, uh, what do you guys talk about? Because I know he's always hitting like everybody up, like every offensive lineman or even other guys that don't play the position always say that they always are talking to him. Yeah, so, um, you know, it's funny. Coach Cap recruited when he was at UNC. He uh, he recruited our, my running back, Josh Henderson. So um, he actually came to see me play when I was a sophomore. But um, so I've known him for a while, but Everyone I spoke to about him, too, is just, you know, I spoke highly of him. Everyone really thinks he's one of the best O-line coaches in the country. And uh, the, just when, when we first started talking, we, I got offered on the 31st or the 30th of March. Um, we were really just talking about football and, you know, how he sees me fit into the program. And now it's like um, it's a family – it's more family conversations. And, you know, he checks in on my parents. And, um, you know, he's already made me feel part of the family there. And, um, you know, he, I'm really excited to play for him, you know, getting to see mic'd up videos with him. He's really energetic guy, you know, so, um, you know, I like that and I think I'll fit in well in his system. So throughout the course of a recruitment, I know some coaches, they like hit up a kid almost daily, maybe a couple of times a week, depending on the kid's style. But like, once they kind of sell you a little bit on like what they have to offer and like what the school's like, what do they really talk to you about? Like, as the recruitment goes on, like, it's hard for me as someone that's not a recruit to kind of imagine having uh, like a coach hit me up multiple times a week. Like there's always so much they can tell you about why I should come to MSU. And there's always so many times they can ask you like, how's your day going? So like, what, what is kind of from a recruits perspective, the communication between the coach coaches and yourself? Yeah. So definitely at first is, uh, you know, especially with quarantine and COVID um, they just wanted to hear what I was doing in terms of lifting wise and working out and how I was staying in shape. But, um, then just kind of talking about his background and I actually got to do, you know, even after I committed, I'd say I probably did about 10 one hour zoom calls with him and coach Harris, uh, breaking down film and, you know, kind of just looking at stuff I do and stuff they do and, you know, how they see me fitting in. Um, 
But other than that, you know, just talking about how the transition has been for, for him and, you know, why he likes Coach Tucker. Um, I don't know if a lot of people know this, but he had a bunch of job opportunities at Colorado. And, you know, he talks about why he wanted to come with him to Michigan State. Um, and then just he's he's recruited New Jersey a lot. So he, we talk about the connections he has. And then, of course, you know, Gino. So, you know, we all talk. And um, But, no, they're both great, him and Coach Harris. I talk to Coach Harris a lot, too, and I'm excited to play for both of them. So I guess switching over from you being recruited to you putting on your recruiting hat after uh, you committed to Michigan State, that was something that you really took pride in. And like, it didn't matter if it was a, another offensive lineman, like a quarterback or a running back, whoever it was, if they had interest, you wanted to talk to them. So uh, you want know, to kind of talk about uh, your role in that and how it kind of gave you the Twitter fame from all the MSU fans because they saw all the work you were putting in doing that. Yeah, so um, really that was kind of a simple thing to me because it's almost like I'm, I, you know, they're not going to make their decision because of their conversations with me, but just like I could build a, a relationship with them and, you know, see them as future teammates. But um, these these could be my teammates and, like, these could be the kids that help us get to a Big Ten title. So if me talking to them, you know, helps us, that you know, that seems like an easy thing for me to do. But, um, you know, I, I did a, a lot with Gino and Audric, partly, mostly because they're from New Jersey. But, um, that you know, that was great. And, you know, Michael Mislinski. And uh, really, it's just been cool seeing, uh, you know, how uh, how the staff uh, emphasizes recruiting. And, you know, so they're already working on 22s. And um, there's a couple 22s from New Jersey that I've been in contact with. And, um but no, yeah, it's been it's been great getting to help out with recruiting and just, you know, getting to build relationships with these guys from all over. Yeah, so speaking of uh, the other New Jersey guys, you guys all took a visit together uh, here to MSU. Can you, like, talk a little bit about, like, what that visit entailed, what sites you guys saw, what stood out to you, just kind of how that would go considering the coaches aren't there? I know they were on FaceTime with you guys and stuff, but, like, what'd you see, what'd you like? Can you just, like, go through that in a little bit of detail? Yeah, so... um you know, I, I said this in another interview. Um, I kind of thought it was my 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 best visit I ever had because uh, it's personalized to you. So obviously I wasn't with the coaches because of the rules and all that. But, um, you know, getting to talk with them on the phone and then, um, you know, getting to see the business building, Breslin Center, uh, looking at Spartan Stadium. Like, if you, I know if you guys drive into Spartan Stadium, you see the big scoreboard. And yeah. you know, that was cool to see. And the football facility from the outdoors was beautiful. But um, it was personalized to everything me and my parents wanted to see. And then, you know, getting to drive by the, uh, by the dorms was big, but um, yeah, it was really everything, you know, and then, you know, they gave us a whole bunch of food places to go to and uh, sites to see in East Lansing. So it was, it was everything I needed out of a visit. Yeah. I do remember you saying uh, something that was interesting uh, in another article. It was that it might even be more beneficial to have these kind of visits as opposed to the traditional, um, I guess, kind of group visits slash like those kind of junior day type things because it's not personalized and you're, they're not really tailored to what you're looking for. And that was kind of one thing I wanted to highlight right when you were done answering is that's something people don't realize is if kids are willing to make these trips on their own, they might get more out of it than a lot of regular visits minus the part they don't, they don't get to meet the coaches, obviously, unfortunately. Yeah, because a big thing for recruits, like I remember when I would go on visits, uh, it was so, like it was easy to tell. There were some schools where I was a priority um, and some schools where I was just kind of another kid they offered. It wasn't that big of a deal. 
So, um, you know, getting a whole visit personalized to what you want to see is like a, a recruit's dream for visiting the school. So, um, you know, I, and I do know I did a couple of Zoom calls with other schools, not in person, but where they kind of drove me around the campus on FaceTime. Uh, Michigan State did it better than anyone by far, you know, so they know what they're doing over there. I guess uh, to add to kind of the weirdness, the 2021 class is going through something that nobody's had to go through where you can't actually visit and meet the coaches, but also you can't meet the other commits. So you've formed like a strong bond with a lot of these guys, but it's kind of weird, you know, because you've never gotten to hang out with them in person. So what do you think it's going to be like when you guys all move in this summer, whenever guys show up? and you all finally get to hang out as a class for honestly the first time? Yeah. So I actually never met any of the recruits prior to, uh, I guess what, three, three weeks ago, uh, I played Gino and Audric's team. Uh, and you know, that was, that was, that was cool again to speak with them and, you know, just, that was my first time meeting them. You know, we've talked on Twitter and phone calls and all that, but, um, I, I would say the, all the comments are pretty, uh, we're pretty close and, you know, I think we're building a great, great family atmosphere. And uh, that's, that's a big thing that coach Tucker and staff uh, emphasize for us is just, you know, make sure you guys are a family when you come in here. Um, so, you know, doing that through zoom calls, virtual visits, all that stuff that, that all paid off. Yeah. So I guess transitioning a little bit to kind of since the class has been put together and the season's kind of started, what what are you guys uh, watching for? I guess you particularly, what do you look for when you're watching any given Michigan State game? Are there certain keys that you try to look for in every game or do you just try to see the overall mood, environment of the team and things like that? Yeah, so um, I don't get to watch the games live because I played on Saturdays. But uh, my big thing was I wanted, like, especially after the Rutgers game, I'll kind of come back to that part. But um, Coach mm-hmm. Tucker said, you know, the biggest improvements you see is week one to week two. So, um, you know, I wanted to see them improve, and, you know, they did that for sure. It looked like a completely different team uh, came out against uh, Michigan week two. But, uh, no, I'm just looking um, – you know, I'm really looking at the play calling and just how I could fit in schematically. Um, you know, Coach Cav, like, what do you ask of his linemen? Does he like for them to pull a lot? Does he like for them to pass pro and, you know, run block? Um, you know, there's a lot of things to look for. And then just the sideline, how, the, how they're doing – Coach Tucker's energy throughout the game. And then I watch all of his, uh, you know, press conferences just to hear how he talks and, you know, how he talks about his players. Um, I think that's all important. But uh, my parents watch the games too, you know. Um, you know, watching the uh, Michigan game was great. Uh, the Iowa game, that was that was uh, it was a bad loss, but there, there was a lot of things you could take from that game. You know, I'm, I'm looking at it's their first year and, you know, you're coaching against a guy who's been there for 20 years, so. Um, I thought there were some good things you could take from that game and the future is definitely bright for them for sure. Yeah. One of those things you can take away is that there might be some uh, opportunity for playing time uh, for some of the younger offensive linemen, but anyway, so they, uh, speaking of the Michigan game, when you were watching that, um, I guess it's not the same for you since like you weren't watching it live and you couldn't see the whole social media aspect of it, but like what's going through your head considering, you know, the rivalry, you know, the bad blood, you know, Michigan State was 24 point underdogs. What's like the whole mood watching that unfold? Yeah. So I, uh, let's see, I watched the game, uh, Sunday, but, um, I, I obviously checked my phone and, uh, just seeing how everyone was going on social media. But, uh, honestly, I saw a lot of people write us off after the Rutgers game and like, they're about to get blown out by Michigan. And 
even after we beat Michigan, it was kind of uh, called an upset. But, you know, in my mind, us beating Michigan is never an upset. You know what I mean? We expect to beat Michigan. But, um, no, it was – for me, watching these games is great, you know, because I'm, I'm visualizing myself playing out there next year and just uh, that environment playing with – you know I, know, I know a good amount of the players there now. Like, it was funny seeing Ricky White go off. I met him um, – you know, a while back, you know, so just seeing, seeing stuff like that and just seeing the biggest thing for me was seeing how many freshmen are playing, you know, Ricky White, Jordan Simmons, um, a lot of guys on special teams. Uh, even if you look back, I watched all of his Colorado games. They had a bunch of freshmen playing too. So that's, that that's a uh, recruits love to see stuff like that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's something I noticed right away too, is uh, how quickly they gave those guys a role where, you got Jordan Simmons. I think he's leading the team in rushing as a true freshman. Ricky White is right around the top after that Michigan game and receiving yards. And then uh, they got some defenders. Angelo Gross, he came in against Iowa, and he actually looked good. He was a good pickup in that class. Uh, so, yeah, definitely seeing those guys is huge. And then uh, when you watch the offensive line, what – what do you think they need to do a little bit better to get to where they, they need to be as a unit? Um, well, I do know, uh, you know, I'm looking at game to game. So where they were versus Rutgers and where they were versus Michigan was kind of night and day in my eyes. Um, yeah. It looked like they controlled the line of scrimmage with Michigan. But, um, you know, they got some guys banged up. Uh, that's That was one thing I noticed. And, you know, some guys are kind of playing out of position where they're not usually playing, but um it's obvious how uh each like pretty much each week coach caps uh you know getting the best out of his guys um but uh you know I, I definitely do see that there's a um like I go back and look at the games Michigan State played last year and just I could tell the technique is taught different with coach cap than it was by the old guy I think his name was Stanton or whatever but um yeah coach cap is a great coach I can't wait to you know get coached by him yeah definitely so I guess a general question, uh, not pertaining to you, because everybody knows how solid of a commit you are, but just in general, like talking to recruits and stuff around the country, how would you assess um, how much an individual game impacts a recruit's perception of a school? For example, uh, a team like Michigan State beating Michigan after being 24-point underdogs in a rivalry game, or I guess even the flip side, losing uh, a game to Rutgers who had lost like I don't know, 10 straight Big Ten games in a row. 22. How, how, <laughs> I was uh, trying to give them benefit of the doubt. But how how does that impact highs and lows both, a, a perception of a kid? Because a lot of people would think it's a 40-year decision. One game would never impact it. But living in the now and in the moment, momentum's a real thing. So I guess how do you kind of assess the impact of one game in a decision for a recruitment? Well, I, it, it kind of breaks down to it's different for each school. So for Michigan State, um, I I mean, if they went 0-8 or 0-9, that wouldn't really matter to me. But, uh, um, you know, I, game to game, it doesn't I, – I can never see myself decommitting because we lost a game. You know what I mean? But, yeah. uh, but if I'm – like I, some other schools are looking at, like Tennessee and Pitt and Vanderbilt, their coaches have been there three, four years. So, you know, they, they, they should be – um, you know, getting better each week. So that, that kind of carries more weight, but like, uh, yeah, the first year head coaches, you know, you're, you're looking at wins and losses of courses, but you're looking at uh, just how they're improving each week. 
Yeah, yeah definitely. And I mean, there's a whole lot more layers to it this year than uh, most years too. It's not just uh, the first year they lost spring practice. Uh, most of the starters on both sides of the ball from last year are gone. So they lost being the guy in spring, which I mean, those aren't games, but it's still those first team reps. And then, uh, you know, then there's a spot where there is maybe some talent deficiency in area from the previous staff's recruiting efforts or lack thereof in certain ones. So, I mean, there's a lot to it and I kind of felt the same way. So I'm not surprised that Kevin said that the game doesn't impact it too much like that, just because yeah. one, if you had a, a real perception of how it was supposed to be, you know, you knew this was a rebuild and, and two, uh, fans are generally more upset than people that have played the game and understand the process. Yeah. I think uh, the quote you had earlier today from Gino kind of, kind of echoed exactly what Kevin said, where um, he, Gino said he knew that it was a rebuild and this season doesn't really have an impact because he has a lot of faith in the staff and in the program. And that's probably what most commits out there think. And I think that's something that fans should kind of take some solace in and maybe not be as panicked uh, from a recruiting angle with any results they see on the field. And I I think that's something that no matter, not even just related to Michigan state, if somebody follows sports and they know that a rebuild is starting and it's a new staff and the fact that the pandemic is here and there's a spring game, I don't think any kid, no matter what school it is, is going to judge them harshly and suddenly tailor his uh, views to the school or anything like that. But it's good to hear Kevin say that. It's good to hear Gino echo that as well. And I'd, I'd even say it's a, it is a rebuild, but it's almost more of a retool for Michigan State. You know, it's we have pieces, you know, wide receiver core that, that, that can compete with anybody. Um, they showed that. And then the defense, for the most part, I thought, you know, Antoine Simmons and uh, Xavier Henderson and, you know, Pen, Jacob, the D, the DN, you know, but uh, they they have the pieces, so it's really they're just retooling, you know, just fixing up a couple pieces, and that's why I think we'll be back to where we need to be, and you yeah, know, definitely quicker than most staffs that you know come into a new job. So, what do you think of uh, the last what is it two days, three days with all the commits? Like, are you sitting there, and outside of uh, Stefan, who's the six one corner like a lot of it was size which i mean you probably look at across the lines at michigan state and like, oh, it could use some size and your <laughs> class is definitely bringing that and even the 22 commit being 335 and 65 but yeah. uh what was that your excitement level to see them continuing to add to the program with the the type of talent that you guys need to compete yeah, no, I, I was very happy about that. You know, a lot of people, I know, like, I see the fan base and how they talk and, like, um, they're, they're real excited about Benny because he's a four-star, you know what I mean? But um, he's a great player if you watch his film. But, um, you know, same with that kid, Chris Phillips. He doesn't really have that many off – that his offer list isn't that crazy. But, um, you know, he's another good player. So I think the staff is doing a great job of finding these uh, almost overlooked and uh, underrated recruits um, – you know, and I think a lot of us are going to be able to come in and make a big impact. Like, look at Jordan Simmons. I, I don't think he was a big four-star, five-star guy. You know what I mean? But yeah, 
um, you know, rankings don't really matter to me at all, um, especially getting to play this year and last year, going against a lot of guys who are, you know, su- supposedly really good. So, yeah. And that's an interesting point they bring up of like finding guys that are kind of like underrated and then kind of adding to that is the fact that, like you said, even after you committed, they had like 10 one hour calls with you and coach Tucker still like was talking to you on zoom and stuff. That's not how it goes everywhere. I know I've talked to kids that they uh, they're at Michigan state right now, but they were getting recruited by Ohio state and stuff like that. And they would say that, yeah, other programs, they kind of find these guys too that can really play ball, but then they're like three stars and might not have the best offer sheet. So they show up on campus on an unofficial visit and coaches don't even recognize them. They don't even know their name. So that's a great point you bring up is not only does this staff identify um, under recruited kids that can play, but they also treat them as if they are their top priority, just like you said, the staff has done since the beginning. So I think that's something to kind of give the staff some praise for is not only do they do the scouting element of it is they actually know these kids can play. So they're going to treat them as if they're guys that are immediate impact players. Cause that's how they see them. Yeah, definitely. And I think uh, I was listening to the interview with Gravely, um, Mike Gravely, but, uh, you know, I think this class is going to be one of the one of the best ever for Michigan State. Um, and, you know, looking from a fan's perspective, you guys might look, well, you're ranked 50 in the country <laughs> in your class or whatever, and blah, 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 and all that stuff. But th- this is a great class. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of happy we're ranked where we are because, you know, I know for me, you know, I kind of play with a chip on my shoulder because I'm not this four or five-star guy that, you know, everyone's uh, – you know, going crazy over. I mean, I don't know about that. I, I if you look at the like the bacon war guys on Twitter and stuff, you you'd think that that you're a five star if you looked at Twitter and stuff. It, I I'd say they're going crazy, but I guess I can see your point about about not having the recruiting. Other stars. other programs, Michigan State shows great love. Yeah, yeah, I got programs. you. Yeah, we we learned our lesson on how to win championships, and that the stars really don't matter with the last staff, uh, especially early on. You know they they did a great job of identifying the talent and then sticking on it to get it where maybe that's where they fell off at the end is they could identify it, but they didn't hang around maybe with the energy that they had earlier. So yeah, definitely to me, um, it's basically all about work ethic and how bad you want it and everything changes uh, because football's rankings, especially they don't really mean a lot to me just because so many of you guys don't play head to head or you don't play d1 talent every night or someone like you who does play d1 talent on a weekly basis with your schedule so it's so subjective where basketball i think it's easier because the hoops 10 feet and a lot of these guys meet up and play each other in the summer for aau so yeah i'm with you that the rankings are nice it gives some people something to talk about it gives michigan hope that they might win a championship (laughs) or a big 10 or something positive in their lives but yeah. As we see, that doesn't pan out very often. Yeah, if we if we keep talking about how recruiting uh, rankings don't mean anything, I'm gonna have to do a sequel to my Michigan rant from a few weeks ago. So we'll uh, <laughs> we'll find a new topic before I get fired up here That's about. Sorry, uh... Sorry, uh, sorry, tidbit of that. That was hilarious. I got <laughs> that was funny. But um, yeah, I don't think their fan base found it as funny. But I was gonna say, so speaking of uh, like just recruiting in general, you seem to be very plugged in and are on top of things. So, has there been any recruit since you committed that you didn't know was committing before they actually committed? Like going back, like few mo- like a few months and stuff like that. Uh, 
the Tennessee so. defensive end. Mm. Yeah, him. I didn't know about him, but uh, other than that, I mean, I didn't know about AJ Kirk either. Oh, uh, nobody did. <laughs> yeah, no, nobody did about that. But um, other than that, no, I've pretty much known about each guy. Uh, wow, you can yeah. pre- you can pretty much take my job then. <laughs> yeah, no, but that, you know that's all to the staff, you know, because yeah, um, some recruits, you know, they'll they'll like like with the guy Brandon committing and uh, Gino, like they tell yeah. you things because some recruits they'll see that and get scared off. You know, yeah. so, um, but no, they, they know I'm locked in and just, uh, you know, it's encouraging seeing, uh, cause I remember when I committed, I committed on the 27th of April, we got like three commits, um, in three days after that, you know, so we, uh, I think we're catching fire again, like we were then. Yeah. So, uh, what guys do you want to see, uh, Michigan state add to the class of guys that, you know, that are targets in 21, is there some guys that you talk to or you watch their film and you like them and you're saying, all right, hopefully we can add this guy to the strong class we already had. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Keon Coleman, the wide receiver from uh, Louisiana. I uh, talked with him a little and then uh, I know uh, we're still going after the linebacker from uh, California. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, I talked with Jojo Johnson, me and him had a good talk. Um, it was funny. He hit me up when he was committed to Cincinnati out of nowhere um, and just, you know, wanted to ask me about Michigan State and what I thought. Um, and we had a good talk about that. But, uh, yeah, no, I, you know, I don't think we're taking – I heard that uh, Stefan was our 19th commit. So – and I know we're not getting to 25, so we don't have that many more to go. So, um, you know, I know that I know the staff is still looking at linebacker and hopefully a wide receiver. So, I would say those two are probably the biggest right now. Yeah. So, you say that we might not be going up to 25. Is that uh, probably just because they want to be on the safe side because of – uh, you know, like with guys getting to retain eligibility, or is that because maybe they're looking at the JUCO market? Uh, no, that's that's my opinion. You know, maybe we do get to 25, but uh, just knowing the guys that we're still going after. Oh, I got you. Even if we did get all of our top guys that were still going, I don't think we get 25. I but, see. Uh, no, and then you could, and then you also got to think not even about the JUCO, but just uh, the seniors get an extra year. Yeah, uh, I think yeah. that, and then the grad transfer market too, because. Yeah, uh, gonna, I imagine there could be some spots that like tight end or something, yeah. uh, defensive end that they would definitely look at that market. <laughs> All right. So kind of moving uh, on towards, I guess, off the field stuff. Uh, you know, as we ask all the guests, what's your rap top five? Yes. Yeah, so I would say it's a Drake little baby. Um, I'm liking chef G a lot. I'm starting to listen to chef G a lot. And, uh, and then I would say, uh, Meek Mill and um, 42 Doug. Yeah, I guess I'd round out. That's what I'm listening to right now. Yeah, yeah, that's we uh, we share 80% of those guys, uh, Drake, Baby, Meek, and 42. But it's uh, good for you that you're coming over here to play at Michigan State and you already are showing 42 Doug some love because I know Detroit rap, a lot of people here listen to that. So the uh, You'll definitely get some respect points if you show up here already honoring 42 Dogs music. For sure. So uh, as far as once you get here, what major do you want to do at Michigan State? And then just what are some of the things that you do when you're not, that somebody might not know about you or stuff that you're interested in off of the field? Um, so right now I'm looking at uh, finance for my major, uh, looking at both finance and business, but um. And then things people wouldn't know. I mean, to be honest, right now, I, uh, 
you know, I just went fully virtual for school. So a lot of my time I'm sitting here watching film, uh, whether that's Michigan State film, Colorado, UNC, or uh, NFL film. Uh, so I love breaking down film. And uh, I like, I would say I like, I'm a big, I work out a lot too. So um, stretching is a big one for me too. You know, I feel like that's a, that's a really overlooked thing, especially for alignment, just opening up your hips and body. Um, and then of course, reading. That's something I just picked up on not too long ago. That's that's quite the answer. I don't know if I've ever heard of a recruit going back and watching um, an offensive line coach's uh, work three jobs ago at UNC. That's fascinating. That's a really cool answer. Um, at this point, I think even if you get your finance degree, you might head into coaching with with the passion you have for film and stuff like that. Yeah, no, I, I you know, I definitely see coaching maybe in the cards, but uh, yeah, no, I, I have a true love for football. Football is really my, I would say it's not my first love. My first love was basketball. So um, I'm still learning a lot for football. So that, so being a basketball guy, then you really like Casey Lansing because I think that's something that has separated Michigan state from almost every other college campus in the country is the basketball team, like the men and women, honestly, and the football players, they all cheer for each other. They all want to see the other one succeed. And there's no jealousy between who's getting uh, more of the spotlight. So uh, you'll definitely have a lot of uh, great games to watch at Breslin and maybe see Imani Bates uh, and hang some banners on that side of the thing too. Yeah, I'm definitely going to watch him. Uh, I know they're playing Thursday. Him and yeah. But, uh, no, it was funny. I was telling, you know, another interview I was doing a while back. Uh, when I first started getting recruited and getting offers, one thing I wanted was, like, I would still want to go to a basketball school where they're good at basketball. And uh, I always like Tom Izzo. Whenever I do my bracket, I always had them <laughs> before just because Tom Izzo, you know, kind of coaching is what separates it in the uh, uh, March Madness just because you're playing every day, you know, so. Yeah. Oh yeah, but that 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 was another thing with Michigan State is just I've been following them for years, football and basketball. Yeah, that's uh Corey brings up that dynamic between the two teams. That's actually something going all the way back to the early Izzo days, um, back when I know MSU uh, running back Cedric Irvin Senior, who comes on our podcast from time to time to preview games. Him and Mateen Cleves, they used to be close and would go to each other game, each other's games, and cheer that on and. I think that credit goes to coaches for kind of having that sort of uh, dynamic between the the two schools throughout all the coaching staff. So yeah, having that super class come in and I would, I would bet money that Imani and Enoch Bawachi uh, reclassifying those four, those five guys. Um, there might be uh, final fours happening in both sports at the same time. I actually uh, got to talk with Tom Mizzo on a zoom call uh all the commits you know he's a big football guy so you know that, that was really cool getting to you know speak with him for a little what did what did coaches i have to say it was uh it was it was right before the uh Rutgers game but you know just you know how excited he was for us to be you know coach tucker's first class and uh you know the things he's seen from coach tucker and michigan state in general things to be excited about for the future and um, you know, what you just touched on, he sees us, you know, going to the final, well, a college football playoff yeah. and going to the final four. Um, so, yeah, no, that that was cool getting to meet him. Uh, you know, you see, you see him on TV a bunch and yeah. you know, talk with him for a little. Yeah. You hear him say stuff like if he wasn't a basketball coach, he'd be a football coach, not any other job. And 
yeah. kind of from the stories I've heard from players that he coaches and kind of just enthusiasm you see. I really do believe that's true. And I would even go as far as to say he probably gets more excited for when the football team plays against Michigan than when he coaches against them himself. Yeah, yeah and me, me being an older guy, I got a story for you guys of his interest with basketball and football. He used to have a rebounding drew drill <laughs> where he made the players put shoulder pads on and like go at it like crazy. But now that it's a little bit uh, more liability and injuries and guys are not quite that insane he's taking those away but yeah he he legitimately would throw shoulder pads on the guys for rebounding <laughs> drills in the past i heard a couple i think a year ago or so when michigan state got out rebounded at home by indiana i think that was uh college game day was here that day he he debated it he, he debated bringing back the pads and stuff again and giving them the draymond green era treatment but i don't know if that ended up happening but yeah, what a guy. Definitely football runs through his blood. For sure. All right, so that wraps it up for this episode. Thanks a lot, Kevin, for joining us. I know the fans really appreciate it, as every single interview you do, you've become more and more of a fan favorite, and hopefully everybody sees the potential here with Kevin and the whole rest of the 2021 class. Thanks for joining us today, Kevin. I appreciate you guys. Thank you. Go Green.